Welcome in once again to the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined as I am each week by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com and the daily radio host of Southern Fried Sports, which you can catch at 100.9 FM in Tuscaloosa weekdays, 11 to noon. The Talking Tide Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide, and you can uh, get the podcast at Various places, including our web host at podbean.com. Also, several apps, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And we want to thank one of our fine sponsors, Heat Pizza Bar, for hosting us for this particular Sunday nighter. Travis, uh, great to be here, Heat Pizza Bar. And with the uh, as we record at this moment, uh, the NFC Championship game on the tube, and it's a full house here at Heat on a Sunday night for that one. I'm telling you, man, we're bar side. We're literally bar side here at Heat Pizza Bar in downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Um, even though the game right now is uh, more reminiscent of a Bills Super Bowl performance <laughs> from, say, the 90s or so, still a fun atmosphere, a festive atmosphere here at Heat. Uh, great pizzas, as always. I know uh, we had the Thai chicken pizza uh, myself and executive stage producer, stage manager, Heather Ryer, we had that. We had that Caprese appetizer that was out of this world. I know you looked like you had an outstanding, what was that, a wedge salad you Wedge had? salad, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. stayed away from the pizza this time and uh, went with that wedge so, salad. So the game, is, the game isn't, it, it's not, it's secondary. You know, yeah. I mean, if it's a great game, that's great. But like I've said many times before here at Heat Pizza Bar Chase, you don't have to worry about coming in here and, and seven of the TVs being on the Cartoon Network, you know, or uh, MSNBC or something. They always and Joe right here, my buddy Joe, is sitting with me at the bar tonight. Uh, he he just agreed wholeheartedly. You don't have to worry about coming in here and it's on the Comedy Channel or something. You know, the games the games are on the television like they're supposed to be here at Heat Pizza Bar. Absolutely, uh, great time here at Heat. It's a full house here on a Sunday night, and Travis and I are gonna. Uh, take a look back at the Alabama-Missouri basketball game, kind of recap and update the latest from UA Men's Hoops. We're going to touch on a couple of news items from Alabama football during the broadcast as well. But, Travis, first, uh, Alabama comes up with a relatively easy win over Missouri at home on Saturday. Uh, I was at Coleman Coliseum. I took that one in live. The final score, 88-74. to <laughs> as the Crimson Tide for the first time this season, I believe, uh, over 500 in the league. They go to 3-2 and two in SEC play. They did. And, you know, I had some I, not questions about this Alabama team after the impressive performance midweek against rival Auburn. Uh, really the first of, of two impressive performances from this Alabama team uh, in the last week. But, you know, you kind of wanted to see if, if this team could validate – that Auburn performance chase by winning a game that it should at home. I think Alabama was a seven or eight point favorite in the game against Missouri. Uh, but you just don't know because you hadn't seen to this point a Nate Oates coached Alabama team sort of come off that type of high that it did against Auburn. Uh, and I thought to sort of weather the free throw performance, especially from Missouri, an SEC record chase, 31 of 31 from the free throw line for the Missouri Tigers on Saturday. 
Uh, I've never seen that before. I, I guess it's safe to say no one in the SE, around the SEC really has before Saturday. So um, you get all five starters, Chase, and double figures in the game, led by John Petty with 20. Uh, Jaden Shackelford, Alex Reith, both, Alex Reith, both with 17. Um, and I was impressed, maybe as impressed as I was even in the midweek game, the uh, the route of Auburn, Chase. Yeah, they played well. I, I, one similarity between the Auburn game and the Missouri game is that in both, both games, the losing team made a little second-half run and cut the lead and made things dicey. And we've seen Alabama teams – in the past, kind of collapse when that pressure comes at him. Well, uh, Auburn uh, cut the lead to three a couple times in the second half. Alabama withstood the runs and pulled away. Same thing happened against Missouri. Missouri, I think, cut the lead to three in the second half at one point as well. Alabama ends up pulling away by 14. And like you said, uh, the Tigers were dynamite at the free throw line. Guess what? So was Alabama. Alabama, 25 of 30 from the free throw line. So Travis in total, both teams together at the charity stripe, uh, they end up going 56 out of 61 between the two of them. Yeah. That's uh in that like 90% or something. I probably couldn't tell because I didn't make many nineties in school, <laughs> but I think that's what that kind of comes out to. Yeah. Um, and really for, for Missouri to have a chance, you know, the sort of that guard tandem of Drew Smith and Mark Smith, uh, needed to play at a really high level. And and they pretty much did that for the most part. But, you know, the thing, again, as you kind of pointed out there, that we're not going to talk about enough in retrospect of this game because of the historic nature of what Missouri accomplished at the free throw line is the fact that in winning time, the second half, where Alabama historically hasn't always been at its best chase, Alabama 21 of 23 from the free throw line in the second half. Hey, that's you, you're going to win with that, you know, and that and they needed it because again, Missouri was was otherworldly um, from the charity strike. Yeah, Alabama was really strong in the second half against Auburn at the line as well. I think they hit 10, 12 in a row against Auburn yeah. in the second half mm-hmm. and turned around, did the same thing against Missouri. That's not something we're used to seeing from an Alabama team sitting and taking the game in in person. I had two thoughts that I wanted to bring to the podcast really of kind of of the same nature. If there's, if there's two guys on this Alabama team, Travis, that have a renewed confidence or a new confidence, it's Petty and it's Reese. Petty, lest we forget, his confidence was shot over the last couple weeks of last season toward the end of Avery Johnson's tenure John Petty was a mess between the ears. His shot wasn't there, a lot of turnovers. Even his minutes kind of went up and down a little bit at times toward the end. Against At, at, at the end of last season, I, John Petty was uh, as much of a mess, I think, between the ears as he's ever been at Alabama. And he's been a, a big, big factor in Alabama's strong play of late. Not only the shooting, he hit four three-pointers. He, he's been excellent uh, from long range, but he's more active on the boards. He's still prone to the turnover here and there, but maybe not quite as bad as usual. And and Reese is a completely different player, I, in, in my opinion. I mean, look, 
first. He's a system fit. He's a system fit for what Nate Oates likes to do. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's a European big man is what I call him. He because is. how many of these Euro bigs, Dirk Nowitzki and these guys that are 6'10", 6'11", that come from Europe but can knock down the 20-footer? This yeah. has been a revelation for Alex Reese Chase, Nate Oates coming in and really featuring what he does best, which is what and, – and, and Reese will give you some boards, you know, and he'll give you a little scrap in the paint. But what does Alex Reese really do best? He shoots. He, and he stretches defense, and he creates space for your drivers like Kyra – because you have to respect a 6'10 guy from the three-point line. You have to you have to take your big man and put him out there, which opens up the driving lanes for guys like Herb and, and Kyra. And But I think you said it, Chase. Confidence is everything, and not just for those guys, but really across the board, right? I mean, John Petty has the green light, right? You think, do you think John Petty right now is worried if he misses a couple of threes in a row that he's going to the sideline? He, he might go to the sideline if he doesn't get back in transition defense. Nato's will sit your ass if you don't get back on defense. Right. But if you miss a couple of threes that you should be taking in his mind, you're not coming out of the game. No, no. Petty has more confidence that he can play winning basketball without shooting well now than he did than he ever has. So that, that, that's He's a, freed up to shoot too, though. Yeah. He feels freed up to shoot. He and does. that's big, you know. Neither you or I were shooters. We no. were what they call glue guys. <laughs> glue guys. We did chase the little things, right. as they said, right? That's right? right. Well, we didn't score. But when you're a scorer and you're freed up to shoot the basketball, that's that's everything, man. That's everything. I think Herb Jones kind of feels the same way. Not so much from the perimeter, but watch Herb Jones get downhill. Or as your favorite junior college coach in Mississippi once said, downhill. Coach Campbell. Yeah. yeah. When he's when he's driving the basketball. Steve Campbell. Herb Jones right. right now feels like once he gets going to the hoop, there's nobody that's going to stop him at the rim. He does. He does. And, and he's it, right. Absolutely. And I think Alabama plays better basketball the closer Herb Jones plays to the rim, maybe even on both ends. Far be it from me to criticize the number one scorer in offense in the SEC. If I'm Nate Oates at this point, I'm going to red light Herb Jones from the three-point line, and I'm going to red light Beetle Bolden on going to the hole. But they're still finding ways to score. They're finding ways to get it done. Herb Jones is such a versatile guy on the defensive end and on the offensive end. I think, I think he brings a lot of value the closer to the basket he is. Herb Jones can guard one through five. Yeah. Makes him totally invaluable. That's why Herb Jones can go 0 for 13 from the field, and you look minutes. at his minutes, and yeah. he's going to play 30. Now, I don't want to limit Beetle Bolden because when I watch Beetle, he brings back memories of James Hollywood Robinson. I enjoy that. The entertainment value with Beetle. And I like that Beetle brings energy. He brings juice. Now, Beetle will certainly test that threshold for hand checking on defense. You know, Beetle Bolden had one of the more amazing stats that I can recall in basketball, Chase. He needed just nine minutes of action to foul out Saturday <laughs> with yeah. a bad back. He had a bad back, and he was still able to foul out in nine minutes. But, yeah. you know, I think most nights. I think Beetle Bolden is going to give you exactly what you need off the bench. Now, here's the other side of that. You know what else he did in nine minutes? He scored eight points 
So he's got some microwave to him in that he gets he can heat it up pretty quick offensively. He does. He can make his free throws for Mama, and I'm not just talking about the Missouri game now. I'm talking about over the course of the season. For me, when he goes to the cup, he he's a little too small to finish, and he doesn't create. He don't believe it. And, and, he, and he doesn't always – he doesn't get the call enough. So, you know, we, we've seen a handful of rejections when, when he goes to the to the hole. Although, that being said, there was a sequence against Missouri when the game was still tight where he got one – he got a layup in over the big men on one position. Yeah. Then, then the very next time down the floor, he did get a whistle and did sink a couple of free throws. Uh, but I like Kyra Lewis going to the hole – a lot more than Bolden, put it that way. You know, and even Kyra at times, though, has his struggles through contact finishing and and in traffic. And it's tough, man, because typically game in, game out in the Southeastern Conference, you're going to have one rim protector at least. But again, that's where the value goes back to Reese. And that's why Reese is going to play as long as he can stay out of foul trouble. He's going to play 25 minutes a night because you have to respect him from the three-point line, which makes it easier for the Lewises and the Herb Joneses and even the Beetle Boldens to get to the rim uh, and have that opportunity to finish without being as consumed as much about the concern with uh, with uh, shot blockers. Yeah, Reese loosens the floor. There's no question about it. He, he, he draws a big man out of the box, so – you know, that long rebound is anybody's rebound, you know, when he's shooting. And, and you know, something else we're seeing from this Alabama team on the offensive end that we hadn't really seen before, I think this is new with Nate Oates too. If these – Herb Jones is good at it. John Petty, I've seen him do it some. If you're not in position to get a two-handed rebound, right. we're, we're seeing these guys out of position for the rebound – just sla- just slap the ball, right? Just yep. slap it back out toward the backcourt, and somebody somebody on your on, in the right jersey grabs it. And what I like is typically when they secure those sort of tipped out rebounds, they're in transition mode as soon as they catch it. They're on the move, and you know I think they do more of that chase on the defensive boards because they're very cognizant of not getting beat in transition. So it's not as much of a five guys on the glass approach on the offensive end. Um, but defensively, they do. They, they they send pretty much everybody to the basketball. And, yeah, I think it's a good observation that if you can't secure it with yourself, Knock it keep loose. the basketball alive so that a teammate might be able to clean it up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but Reese has definitely been fun to watch. You know, uh, early in the game against Missouri – we saw him take off from inside the free throw line, but closer to the free throw line than the rim, and tried to dunk right over somebody's head. And he, sh- he shorted it right off the front of the rim. But yeah. but for him to even attempt that, you like to see it's aggressive, right? And then- it's kind of it's kind of with Reese and Jones Chase. You hope that the confidence kind of works in reverse. You hope that Herb, because he has success getting to the rim and finishing that eventually plays into his perimeter shooting Mm -hmm. with Reese. There's never been really a question about what he can do from the outside, but you have seen him be more assertive and more aggressive. He had a baseline dunk either Saturday or against Auburn off the dribble. You know, once he starts doing that because of how much you got to respect that three point shot, 
that makes him even more difficult to defend. Doesn't look like there's any rotation on his long on his three ball either. It looks like a catapult, but it goes in a lot. The trajectory's good. You know, it's not this sort it's a of liner. Rainmaker. It's, it's not a petty rainbow. It's not in the air long, and it and it yeah exactly. Yeah, petty will touch the rafters sometimes with that with that high arc and three one. Yeah, kind of a meadow arc lemon hook shot sometimes it looks like coming <laughs> from JP. But you know he makes four more on Saturday. You talk about Reese and being a quote post player. He makes four from three. You know if Alabama makes thirteen threes most nights like it did on Saturday. It's going to be a tough team to beat. I mean, they're going to be tough. Now, uh, Travis, research has told me today, pre-talking pre tide research. Homework. Yeah. Homework. Something else I never did in school. <laughs> Alabama, number one nationally right now against the spread. They're 14-3 and three against the number for the season. I believe – our buddy Frankie Fourfingers, <laughs> Frankie Fourfingers, who, who, who's been known to prowl around here at the bar. Yeah, our host. He, yeah. he, he. Uh, I think I saw him point out the other day that they were twelve and three. <laughs> well, they covered against Auburn and Missouri. So uh, the boys, even with just four fingers, Frankie's good at math. You know, even with just four. <laughs> Um, yeah, that'll work. You know, you start talking about Alabama against the spread. I, I thought we were going to talk nickel and dime packages here for a minute, but no, we're talking hoops. Um, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a side benefit that the boys like real good. You know, they like that around here. 14 and three will get it home. Uh, uh, I guess we'll. Sometimes the boys have an elephant's memory when it comes to stats like that. You know, they can't remember to pick up milk or bread on the way home. They can remember that number though. You know? Yeah. Well, what? And what 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 ends up happening is uh, they go to that well one too many times. They, they'll stick that stove nose. gets hot. Yeah, the stove yeah. gets hot. <laughs> they reach up there one time too many, and the stove's hot. Yeah. They keep t they keep reaching up to that stove though. You notice that, Chase? Yeah. Winnie the Pooh <laughs> stuck his nose in that honey pot one too many times, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> There's a bee in there sometimes. Yeah. But uh, no doubt, Alabama performing well. Uh, against the number as well. Coming up for the Crimson Tide, basketball-wise, Travis, they're going to be on the road at Vanderbilt. That's going to be on Wednesday and 8 p.m. tip-off, be broadcast on the SEC Network. And then following that, they got that Big 12 SEC Challenge. So I guess for a quick spate, they'll be going back out of conference. Yeah, and look, Vandy, as we know, we've talked about Gainesville in the past and not so much lately, but in, in the history of that series with Florida, that's been a tough place to win. Well, Vandy has been a really tough place to win. But you did, I'm not sure if you saw this Saturday night. Vandy had a streak of 1,080 consecutive games in which it had made at least one three-point shot, Chase. That came to an end Saturday night in Nashville. Vandy went 0 for 25 from the three-point line in a loss at home to the rival Tennessee balls. So, um, you know, of course, Alabama fans being the fatalists that they are uh, uh, in, in some, in some corners are going to anticipate that of course, Vandy went 0 for 25 against tw Tennessee because they'll go, you know, 18 for 21 Wednesday night against Alabama, but um, kind of a weird setup up there at Memorial gymnasium. But again, similar to the Missouri game, just on paper, 
Oh, this is an opportunity for Alabama to get a road win in the league and get the two games over 500, Chase, in the SEC. My two favorite Barrys from Vanderbilt, Barry Goheen and Barry Booker, those two must yeah. have been shaking their heads Color on that beef. over 25, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, those guys, you never had to worry about an over 25, you know? They'd be knocking one down here and yeah. there. No doubt about it. So, Vandy uh, in a tough spot, though, with its best player out for the rest of the season. So, um, even with Saban Lee and Scotty Pippen Jr. and and that cast, uh, Jerry Stackhouse in year one. And the, and the losing streak now for Vandy that has spanned two seasons in SEC play is, is uh, something that in my lifetime, given the importance – that hoops has up there in, in that in that pro, in that athletic department. I never thought I'd see Vanderbilt as uh, as anemic in, in hoops as it is right now. That and baseball, those are the two signature sports for that program and baseball they got those endowed scholarships. Yeah, you know, they like to give the those you know, those endowed scholarships at Vandy Chase, it's weird. They always end up to some lefty that throws 98, you know? <laughs> yeah. Funny how that works with the endowed scholarships at Vandy. Yeah. Well, Crazy. Just, you know. Guy was an Eagle Scout, though. He was an Eagle Scout and had a 3-2. Pretty spectacular. <laughs> the Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Chase Goodbread and... Travis Ryer with you, the Twitter feed talking underscore Tide, and we're going to thank a couple of sponsors really quickly here, starting with North River Dental Associates, former Alabama player Dr. Jack Smalley and his professional staff of dental hygienists can do every kind of dental work there is, whether it's porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, pediatric dentistry, laser dentistry, teeth whitening services, endodontics. They run the gamut over there at North River Dental Associates. You need to make an appointment, go to NorthRiverDentist.com, or you can pick up that phone, give them a call at 752-3506. Now, on a routine cleaning, they're going to get you in and out of there typically in under an hour. Make sure you're getting in there twice a year like you're supposed to to get those teeth clean. North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley, that is the place to go. Also, want to thank Session Cocktails and Spirits, Tuscaloosa's newest cocktail bar, a smoke-free environment featuring pre-prohibition and modern classic cocktails made by a team of the most talented bartenders in all of Tuscaloosa. Hunter Wiggins, who runs that place, does an outstanding job. Uh, you could try a, a, a unique happy hour menu. They've got a deep menu of uh, whiskeys, all sorts of cocktails, uh, a strong wine list, uh, domestic and imported beers. Just about anything you want over there at Session Cocktails and Spirits, located 2221 University Boulevard in downtown Tuscaloosa. You know, if you want to get or you're outside of the downtown area, maybe you're out towards Northport, how about Southern Ale House at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Great happy hour specials each and every day. And some personal favorites. If you're into chicken sandwiches, I know there's been a lot of debate about chicken sandwiches of late. Well, I'm going to go ahead and end it for you. 
Go to uh, Southern Ale House at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North and get that yard bird chicken sandwich uh, if you like uh, a good meatloaf. Maybe it's some comfort food. Going to be a little chilly the next few days. Maybe comfort food is more your thing. Try that meatloaf out there. Ma, they got meatloaf at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Great burgers. Um brunch options on the weekend southern ale house eat southern drink southern at southern ale house and of course if you're right here in downtown tuscaloosa you need to be right where we're at right now heat pizza bar government plaza uh we told you earlier in the program looking around right now uh and just checking out the specials just on a sunday okay on a sunday at heat pizza bar you're looking at happy hour all day long not from five to seven or five to eight or five to nine all day long on Sundays at Heat Pizza Bar. $2 domestic bottles, $3 double wells, half-priced starters. Yeah, that's Sunday for you at Heat Pizza Bar. Daily specials every day of the week. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. The Talking Tide Twitter feed, talking underscore Tide, Chase Goodbread and Travis Ryer. With you, going to talk a little bit of Alabama football before we close out the show. Travis, uh, recapping, I guess, since we last casted a pod, uh, Nachi Harris has made his decision, and that is he's going to stick around another year, and that's the most surprising stay decision on the Alabama roster, isn't it, by far? Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, Dylan Moses certainly raised some eyebrows, but given the type of injury he was coming off of and the fact that he had missed the entire 2019 season, you could sort of see that coming. You know, if Najee had kind of just been another guy throughout the course of the 2019 campaign, maybe it wouldn't be as big a surprise, but this was a guy that they really leaned on significantly. Obviously, it was still about the passing game and those wide receivers, even without Tua in there. But especially when Tua went out, what they were able to get, it looked like Najee had positioned himself perfectly to come out. I guess, Jason, what you do there with NFL.com, in fact, you're going to be down in Mobile starting on Monday throughout the week for the Senior Bowl workouts and the Senior Bowl game. Um, you know the sort of running back crop that he was looking at. J.K. Dobbins of Ohio State. Uh, DeAndre Swift of Georgia. I mean, it was a uh, Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin. Uh, I guess Clyde Edwards-Alaire of LSU He's is, coming is out. out. You got the kid but then Travis Etienne stays in, and that deadline's tomorrow, okay? That deadline's the 20th, and even after the 20th, you have like a three-day grace period in which you can back out. But, uh, yeah, all things considered, it's it's a big it's a big save. If it was baseball, Chase, that would be called a save and keeping Najee Harris around. Keep Najee Harris around. What it does for the Alabama offense is huge. Obviously, you bring back a veteran presence in the backfield that Mac Jones is going to be able to lean on a little bit. Now, given what we know about – Jones, Chase, haven't you heard about Bryce Young? (laughs) Yeah, hey – Maybe, hey, it might maybe. Be. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not yeah. shading on Bryce Young. I'm just saying. Right, right. Yeah, who knows? I mean, if 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 Alabama wants to just totally in a transition year, it's huge to have Najee Harris back. That's what we're saying. It, Regardless of who takes the snap. Yeah. Right? Let's say let's say you're. It is 
Bryce Young. Let's say it is him. And it, look, that guy is a little young on third and three. If you could turn around and and go with the give to move the sticks, kind of like Najee yeah. Harris. Yeah, all day long. It's gonna it's gonna help a young quarterback. Doesn't matter who it is. Uh, but uh, Najee Harris coming back definitely big for Alabama. I'm sure uh, he'll be getting the lion's share of the carries for the Crimson Tide in 2020. Uh, elsewhere, Travis, uh, you mentioned the Senior Bowl. Four Alabama players are going to be down there. Uh, uh, Anthony Jennings, Jared Maiden, Raquan Davis, and Terrell Lewis. Yeah. Uh, all defensive guys. I guess uh, surprising or unsurprising that, that it's all defensive guys going down to the Senior Bowl. I'm going to say unsurprising, right? Because it's, Yeah, none of the offensive guys are eligible. <laughs> the junior class is the one that lit it up. Yeah. They're going to be gone. Yeah, the Senior Bowl's lucky. The Junior Bowl ain't playing across town. <laughs> What if, the, um, what, if the, what if the man came in and said, you know what? I'm going to start a junior bowl over in Fairhope, you know, across the across the bay, the junior bowl man. What if there was a junior bowl man this yeah, year? Yeah. Huh? Wouldn't junior be, bowl man would be pretty tough right now, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Although you wouldn't have Tua. I mean, Tua's not playing regardless. Well, those agents counsel. They, they, they counsel these guys sometimes on whether or not they need. They need to play we just provide game. the information to that allows them to make the decision, they'll tell you, though. Yeah. Yeah. Big week, though, for those guys, Raekwon Davis, yeah. Terrell Lewis, Anthony Jennings, and uh, uh, Jared Maiden as well. Bigger week for Terrell Lewis, Chase, on the field or with the medical staffs? I'm going to say on the field because, okay. it, because the medical evaluation primarily is going to come in Indy. I got know. you. Um, that's when it has to be right. That's when it's absolutely. That's when it's. That's when everything you want everything to certainly check out. Uh, Jennings has got an injury or two in his yeah logbook as well. And to his and to his benefit, I think, is the fact that he's played through stuff and still produced. You know, the numbers have been. They haven't been Derek Thomas like by any means. But they've been solid and consistent for everything that guy's been through. Yeah, yeah, no, no question. It, and he developed into more of a playmaker than I thought he was ever going to be. Me too. Uh, and it kind of started in that semifinal win over Clemson a couple of years ago. He had a monster game. And even in that game, he had a knee injury that kept him out of the national championship game against Georgia uh, that year. But he, 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 you're right. I think there's some – some medical with him, um, but to to his benefit, maybe more so than Terrell, who just had to outright miss time on the field. Jennings not only was able to play through it; he played through it at a pretty high level. What about Scott Lashley moving on to Mississippi State? We'll hit on yeah, that really quick. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. good for him. He's a guy who's been in the program for four years. He just graduated. He's from that area uh, over there. Um, and so it absolutely made sense if he had the if he had the opportunity in his final year to perhaps go to a Mississippi State or an Ole Miss or you know and have a chance to to fulfill his his uh, I'm sure his dream of being a starting offensive lineman in the Southeastern Conference he's going to be able to I think accomplish that uh, easier at a place like Mississippi State and it also tells you maybe what Alabama thinks about replacing Jedrick Wills too. 
at right tackle, right? Um, you know, you got Alex Leatherwood coming back, uh, but it's been long believed that, you know, Evan Neal maybe goes from guard out to right tackle, you know, uh, but you've got some versatility with some of those interior guys too. Landon Dickerson's played some tackle in the past, so maybe an indicator in a couple of ways. Evan Neal got the feet to play right tackle? I think he can play right tackle. I think what would be big for him or will be big for him is his continued body sort of transformation in the fourth quarter program. If Evan Neal is going to be the starting right tackle against Southern Cal on September, I guess it's the 5th, it's going to happen in the next couple of months with Scott Cochran or even into the summer with Scott Cochran. I think as much of that with Evan Neal is going to be determined with Scott Cochran than it is with Kyle Flood. You don't worry about Evan Neal at all at right tackle when it comes to just crashing down and, and blocking in the run game. The, Jay Fluker in it. Yeah, the question will be whether or not he can handle that speed rusher, right? And the way that offenses like to play today, it used to be, I oh, just put a tight end over there with that right tackle. These offensive coordinators don't like to put tight ends with either tackle anymore. No. They treat the right tackle like the left tackle. You better you better protect. No. And then, conversely, defenses look at edge guys that way. They don't say, oh, well, we're going to have one really good edge. They're going to have two. So it's not like you can kind of hide a right tackle like you used to. You no. Know, not in the way that, that people like to play football today. Yeah, these OCs, if they're throwing a tight end on the field, they're, they're looking for a matchup on a linebacker out of the slot. Their heads get crooked when you tell them to put a tight end over there. You know, tie a tight end to the ankle of that right tackle, and they kind of heads get crooked. Yeah, scratch that scalp. You know, the <laughs> little, da- little little dandruff slips out of there. Yeah. And what? What? That's not a schematic fit. They'll tell you. It's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Had a great time here at Heat Pizza Bar, located over in Government Square Plaza. Uh, For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide.